Hi, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the common thread. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Hello, welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today is the 24th of January, 2022, and... I'm excited because this past weekend, we actually got a little bit of snow in our little part of Jacksonville, North Carolina, and this happens about every three to five years, maybe. We had just about enough snow to almost cover the grass, so we had a a really good time out there in the snow. Today, the Torah portion is Mishpatim, which means judgments. The Torah portion is Exodus chapter 21, verses 1 through chapter 24, verse 18. Then you have the half Torah portion, which is Jeremiah chapter 34, verses 8 to 22. Um, this is another one of those, depending on who you ask, what the half Torah portion is. Um, if you ask my congregation, it actually is 2 Kings 12, 1 through 17. However, I actually went with what my planner says, which is Jeremiah chapter 34, 8 through 22. The Harashah is Matthew chapter 15, 1 through 20. And today I'm going to talk to you about the common thread. Now, in life, really, if you look at almost any situation, you can kind of see a common thread throughout generations. And that's actually not quite what I'm talking about. I actually am going to go back to the Torah portion for this week. And I'm going to read you some excerpts from it, um, little clips from it, and see if maybe you can figure out what um, I'm going to talk about when it comes to the common thread. Maybe you'll get something different out of it. That's why I encourage you to get in the word, to read the word, to breathe the word, to let it just consume your mind and your thoughts so that you can have it hidden in your heart so that when Hasatan comes after you, you have the proper ammunition against him. Because when he was attacking Yeshua, what did Yeshua use? He used the word. As it is written, right? So, let's go over to Exodus chapter 21. And I'm going to read you 1 through 11. It's talking about the ordinances for the covenant. As you know, I read from the Tree of Life version. That happens to be the version that I understand and relate to the best. So that's what I'm going to read. Now, these are the ordinances which you will set before them. If you buy a human, a Hebrew servant, he is to serve for six years. And in the seventh, he is to go free without payment. If he comes in by himself, he is to go out by himself. If he was married, then his wife will go out with him. If his master gave him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children will be her masters and he will go free by himself. But if the servant plainly states, I love my master, my wife and my children, and I will not go out free, then his master is to bring him to God. Then take him to a door or to a doorpost. His master is to pierce his ear through with an awl, and he will serve him forever. If a man sells his daughter to be a maidservant, she is not to go free as the male servants do. If she does not please her master who has selected her for himself, then he is to allow her to be redeemed. He will have no power to sell her to a foreign people, seeing as he's dealt deceitfully toward her. If he betroths her to his son, he must give her the rights of a daughter. If he takes another wife, he is not to diminish her food, her clothing, or her marriage rights. If he does not provide these three to her, then she is to go free without payment. I'm sure after reading that, you're like, are you going to be talking about slavery? No. These were actually servants. They were um, 
my husband likes to say, think of them as indentured servants. Um, they're actually paid for what they did. And after, I think the way that God did it, um, because he knew this was going to happen. You know, he knew we are evil and wicked in our minds. So he made provisions for these people who would become servants. He said for six years they would serve. And in the seventh, they're to go free. Obviously, there's some instances where um, they were not allowed to leave. Um, or not that they weren't allowed to leave, but that they would have to kind of work around being able to leave, you know, being able to, if they got married, but that was if the owner, I don't really like the term owner, but the person, the servant's master, that's the right term. If the master gave the servant a wife, then when it was time for the servant's uh, time to be up, then he would have to leave the wife and children that they had through that marriage. Um, but not if he found one for himself. So there's some interesting little bits there, but let's move on to Exodus chapter 24, three through eight. So Moses came and told the people all the words of Adonai, as well as all the ordinances. All the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Adonai has spoken, we will do. So Moses wrote down all the words of Adonai, then rose up early in the morning and built an altar below the mountain, along with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He then sent out young men of Benai Israel who sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings of oxen to Adonai. The Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and the other half he poured out against the altar. He took the scroll of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. Again, they said, all that Adonai has spoken, we will do and obey. The Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which Adonai has cut with you in agreement with all these words. I read that last bit and I think, Yeshua, thank you so much for dying on that cross for me and being raised from the dead so that you don't have to have blood sprinkled upon your people anymore. But that's just me. And um, let's move on to Jeremiah chapter 34, 8 through 22. I promise this is all going to come together. So we go to Jeremiah 8 through 22. It says, the word that came to Jeremiah from Adonai after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people that were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty to them so that everyone should let his manservant and his maidservant, Hebrew man or Hebrew woman, go free so that no one should make a slave of a Jew his brother. So all the princes and all the people obeyed who had entered into the covenant that everyone would free his manservant and his maidservant and not make them slaves anymore. They obeyed and freed them. But afterward, they turned around and made the servants and the handmaids whom they had let go free return and brought them back into subjection as servants and as handmaids. So the word of Adonai came to Jeremiah from Adonai saying, Thus says Adonai, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, saying, At the end of seven years, you are to set free every man his brother, that is a Hebrew who has been sold to you and has served you six years. You are to let him go free from you. But your fathers did not obey me, nor incline their ear. Now you had repented and had done that which was right in my eyes by proclaiming liberty every one to his neighbor. You even had made a covenant before me in the house where my name is called. But you turned around and profaned my name and made everyone his servant and his handmaid, whom you had let go free at their will, return. And he brought them back into subjection to be your servants and handmaids. Therefore, thus says Adonai, you have not obeyed me to proclaim liberty, everyone to his brother and everyone to his neighbor. 
Behold, I proclaim for you a liberty, declares Adonai, to the sword, to the plague, and to the famine. So I'll make you a whore to all the kingdoms of the earth. I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not performed the words of the covenant which they made before me, when they cut the calf in two and passed between its parts. The princes of Judah and the princes of Jerusalem, so the officers, the Kohanim, and all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf, I will even give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of them who seek their life. And their dead bodies will be for food to the birds of the sky and to the beasts of the earth. King Zedekiah of Judah and his princes I will give into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of them who seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, who were withdrawing from you. Indeed, I will command, declares Adonai, and cause them to return to the city. They will fight against it, capture it, and burn it down with fire, and I will make the cities of Judah a wasteland with no one living. I know you're thinking, Erica, that's kind of super happy uh, writing right there, but bear with me here. Okay, so then we go over to the Brit Hadashah, which is Matthew 15, 1 through 20. Then some Pharisees and Torah scholars came to Yeshua from Jerusalem. They said, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not do the ritual hand washing when they eat bread. And answering, he said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, whoever tells his father or mother, whatever you might have gained from me is a gift to God. He need not honor his father. On account of your tradition, you made void the word of God. Hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Then Yeshua called the crowd and said to them, Hear and understand, it's not what goes into the mouth that makes the man unholy, but what comes out of the mouth that makes the man unholy. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard this saying? But he replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. Are you also still lacking understanding? Yeshua said, Don't you grasp that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and then is ejected into the sewer? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and those things make the man unholy. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are the things that make the man unholy, but to eat with unwashed hands does not make the man unholy. Now, there's a whole lot actually in that, just even that particular uh, part of the chapter. However, um, I'm kind of trying to show you that there are common threads. A lot of time, especially in the Torah portion, which I think is what makes it so amazing, is that there are common threads. So what I got out of it is that your words are important, but so are your actions. And that God takes both of these things very seriously. So Adonai tells Moses back in Exodus, these are the ordinances that I want you to tell my children Israel and that they are to obey. And the children of Israel agreed. Now this is before he went up to get those stone tablets, you know, that people call the Ten Commandments. This is before that. And he already had ordinances that he had Moses write down, just not on, you know, rock tablets. Um, 
But I think it's important to note here, especially if you even go over to Jeremiah, the people were told once again, this is how I want you to treat your servants. I want you to let them go. And they agreed and obeyed initially. And then they went back on their word and took their servants back, right? So how often in our own lives do we do the same thing? I was actually thinking about this. Um, my sister and I, very different people, and <clears throat> hopefully she'll be cool with me talking about her. I love you, Dina. Um, but when we were children, we were very different. We still are. When our parents would tell us to do something, my sister's reaction was to tell them, okay, and then she wouldn't do it. My reaction was to tell them no, and then I would go do it. And in my mind, my thought process was, well, I'm better than my sister because at least I do what they've asked me to do, even though I act rebellious initially. I've come to realize the reality is we both sinned because we didn't actually, we were not honoring our parents. We were not honoring our mother and father. You don't, you know, in my sister's case, tell them, yes, I'll do it. And then not actually go and do what you say you're going to do. And you don't act like me and say no, but then go do it because I'm still dishonoring my mother and father. Why? Because I'm saying, no, I'm not going to do what you just asked me to do. I'm being disrespectful and rude, right? So the reality is my sister and I were both wrong. What we should have done in properly honoring our mother and father was saying, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and then going and doing it. Neither one of us fulfilled that, that particular commandment. We went about not fulfilling it in different ways, but we still did not fulfill it. And we also did not stick to what our word was. For my sister, her word was, yes, I'll go and do that. But then she wouldn't do it. For me, it was, no, I'm not going to go do that. And then I would go and do it. To me, both sides show a form of rebellion and a form of a rebellious heart because out of our mouths was what was coming from where our heart was. Our hearts were in rebellion and that's where our thoughts came into play. And because of our thoughts, that's what came out of our mouths and then out of our mouths depended upon what our actions would be. I can't imagine how frustrating it was for my parents because they'd ask us to do something and not really ever knowing if we'd actually go ahead and do it. Um, and for that, I apologize, mom and dad. But um, I am so grateful for the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, showing me, even now, in an older age, how I was not honoring my mother and father um, and that I was not better than my sister in any way, shape, or form. We both were sinners, and we both just sinned against our parents in different ways, but we still sinned, and that's really the, the crux of the matter. But I really want to go back to being a man and woman of Adonai, and in doing so, we need to be men and women of honor and integrity and of truth, and we need to speak truth and not to lie. 
I know a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't really lie. And, you know, like maybe some white lies where like, you know, you have a surprise. And you don't tell people like the reality is we, we definitely do lie. Like uh, I absolutely lied to my um, instructor. I actually need to probably apologize to her about it. Like last week she wanted me to come in and, and work out. And I'm like, Nope, I gotta go. I got a phone call from my, my, uh, my work. I can't come in. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. That was a lie. And for that, I'm, you know, still repenting for, um, and I've asked for forgiveness for, but, um, we need to be men and women of, of our word. We need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. I believe that's in James where he talks about that. Um, we need to not say one thing and do another thing or say, we'll do something and not do it. Both of those things is wrong. And for me, that was kind of what I got. I know it's kind of like, Erica, where in the world did you get that from? But that's kind of what I got out of it. You know, the, the children of Israel, the, the Israelites did not follow through on their end of the bargain of the deal with Adonai. And because of that, there were some rather mighty consequences. You know, Israel was, you know, decimated because they chose not to obey Adonai. They said that they would, and initially they did, and then they turned their backs on him time and time again. And I think it's important for us just to remember that this is not just a story about the Israelites. I'm not talking about replacement theology here, people, but I am saying that there are, there's a reason that I tell you to read the word because there's so many lessons to be learned. And those that have not learned their history are doomed to repeat it. And there are so many instances in the Bible that are relevant to today. Even something as simple as keeping our word and letting our yes be yes and our no be no. And that was just what, you know, I'm reading the tour portion and that was really what I got out of it this particular week. And I think it's so good because every time you read the word and you say, you know, even before you open the word, say, Ruach HaKodesh. Thank you, Adonai, for the Ruach HaKodesh. Thank you, Yeshua, for your life, for your saving blood and your sacrifice. Help me to read your word and reveal to me what it is that you would like me to see in your word this week and every single week. Show me your ways and your truth. Guide me and lead me in your ways. And then you open the word and you start reading. And the Adonai will show up. He will reveal new things to you each and every time that you open up the word. And I just want to encourage you to continue doing that because it's so important for us to remember it. Okay, so that's pretty much all I have to say this week. Hopefully it spoke to you, but I have no idea if it did. Uh, I do know at the end of this, I um, actually have a pre-recording every single week. It's called my closing statement, where basically you have information about me to contact me. Please feel free to actually contact me. If you have questions, concerns, something you want me to talk about on the podcast, 
please let me know so I have some um, idea of if I'm hitting the mark or maybe there's other things that you'd like to, to hear from me. Um, I do this because this is what God has told me to do and I'm endeavoring to be obedient to it. And I just pray that you all have a great week. And like I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you'll find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Hashem Yeshua, Shalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week. And hopefully you'll hear from me again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.